to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we gather today. And I pay my respects to their elders, past and present. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples here today. Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of Inspired by Yarra. This is the podcast that's been created to enhance, connect, and inspire the Yarra Valley Grammar community and beyond. So wherever you're tuning in from today, welcome. My name's Paul Joy, and it's my privilege to welcome you to another episode. We're delighted to present this conversation with a Yarra old grammarian, a yog, and see how the twists and turns of life after Yarra were built on a solid foundation of their time here at Yarra. Today we're going to speak with Izzy Burns from the class of 2016. I'm going to begin by asking Izzy about her memories of the school calf. Enjoy. Here's Izzy. Oh, that's an, that's an easy one. Something comes immediately to mind. Uh, so I started at Yarra in 2011, so I just came for secondary school for year seven and I distinctly remember everyone being absolutely obsessed with the garlic bread at the calf and every day at recess it would be like a mad rush to get the garlic bread and it was delicious and warm and buttery and yeah good good fond memories of that. <laughs> so was it limited supply so um, supply and demand yeah, you had I to race to get it? Like endless supplies so and it was pretty popular I mean who doesn't like yes. garlic bread? So, for sure, yeah. for sure. There's mm. certainly uh, seasons of the year when I'm sure it's even more popular, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. So you've come at Year 7, and did you know anybody when you first came? Were there other kids from your school who came to, to Yarra? No, I was all on my lonesome, which was a bit intimidating, but it was so good how they had set up um, prior to starting. You had those, I think there was two days there you came in, um, and you filled in your passports and got to actually meet people. You got, went around and did activities. And that was just so helpful because I made a few friends and they were also new from their schools. I think a lot of people um, do come on their own. And so it was just so helpful because then when you actually start, it's not that terrifying, like new school and new people, not knowing anything or anyone. You had a few people that you knew and they were in your tute. So that really helped. But yeah, I was on my own in terms of my own school and people that I knew. And I agree. I think it's helpful to have opportunities to meet one another. And you tend to um, connect with people who are feeling similar. Mm. You know, like if, if there's a few people from they're the only person from their school, then they somehow find each other and, and you <laughs> sort of feel like you're in the same boat. And so let's let's paddle together. Um, was Year 7 camp something that came up for you fairly early in yeah. your Year 7 experience? I think it was like three weeks in or something. It was mm. really early. And I remember it being really good. I remember going abseiling uh-huh. and intense and a bike ride where I fell off and really hurt myself. Oh, no. And I think, yeah, that's, that's most of my memories. I remember it being really good. <laughs> I had a lot of fun. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. It, it is, it is, it's an interesting, I understand why we do it, but it's, you know, three, let's say three weeks mm. in and you're new and there's a whole lot of people you don't know, but we send you away and, and obviously part of the purpose of that is so that you will connect with other people and you'll make some friends and do some activities and be on a bit of an adventure and fall off your bike and all of those things that have become memorable mm-hmm. to um, connect you as a year level with some of the other kids as well. Um, would you say that some of the kids, the students that you connected with 
in year seven, did they continue to be in your friendship group in the, you know, those middle school years? Yeah, um, it was quite a mix and obviously um, friendships do just change and the dynamics change, but for sure I remember um, there were definitely a few people that I met in year seven and they kind of stayed throughout in different capacities, whether it was a really strong friendship or more just like a casual friendship, but they kind of continued throughout my entire journey at Yarra, which was really lovely. Mm. Was Saturday sport a thing for you? Did you yes. get involved in Saturday sport? And what, what do you remember what you played? Oh, absolutely. I did volleyball in summer because volleyball was my biggest passion when I started. Um, and I initially started with doing hockey, but I did change to soccer um, later on, which I was very happy about because, um, yes, it was a lot more fun kicking a ball than having a stick for some reason for me personally. <laughs> <laughs> Now, tell me a little bit about that passion for volleyball. Is that because you, you already knew how to play or were you introduced to it at Yarra? Yeah, so I actually um, was really, really into volleyball and I was really lucky at my primary school. One of my teachers, he uh, coached volleyball and set up a volleyball team in our school. And I loved it so much that I tried out for the Victorian team um, a year young when I was in year six and got in. So then when I came to Yarra in year seven, I was playing in the Victorian team and yeah, biggest passion was was volleyball um, at that time. Yeah, I loved it. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, that's great. I, di- I didn't know that. That's, oh, uh, that's really cool. <laughs> and did you did you you maintained volleyball for a fair few years? Yeah, I definitely uh, played throughout my entire time at Yarra, and yeah, I loved it. I played in a few different teams um, and got to do like Vix and nationals every year, which was yeah, really great. Really, really loved it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Another aspect um, that. Often we're introduced to you really early in uh, middle school is music and uh, there's the classic year seven where you get to play an instrument, you get to choose an instrument and and for some people that sounds awful and for other people they are a natural. Tell us your experience of music. You might have had an inside running on that. But, yes, uh, I did have a bit of an unfair advantage. Um, so my mum is a violin teacher and so she started me on violin when I was two, not obviously playing very well. I don't know if you could even call it playing, but I held a violin. And so I, yes, came to our playing, playing violin um, quite strongly. But when I came to trying out a new instrument, I wanted to do something really different. And I was very much wanting to be unique. Uh, and so I decided to take up the oboe and I was the only one that took up the oboe. And I did get keep on playing it for a few years and played in the band and stuff which was really fun because I'd only ever done string instruments so it was really cool to yeah play in a band and do something quite very different. <laughs> so so for those of us who who may not be familiar and and I would acknowledge <laughs> that I'm perhaps one of them in a in a in a band in a in a music group yes. maybe in an orchestra what what sort of role does the oboe play? So the oboe is a woodwind instrument and so they're kind of I don't know how to describe the role, but they're not often in a lot of bands like high school bands because they're a very rare instrument and it is quite difficult to play um, and especially to play nicely. It often sounds terrible. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, they're kind of complementary. I feel like they're equivalent to the viola in strings, but people probably won't won't also know that, but um, underrated but important and adds a lot of value, I think. Yes, <laughs> uh, that's a good description. Underrated, but really valued. When when you get to include it, yeah. it's it's well worth having. Yeah, 
Exactly. I, th- I think that's good. So as let's progress your way through mm-hmm. the middle school and um, you get to the point where you start get to choose some of your subjects and, and maybe electives. Was there something from an academic sense that started to call on you? Was it, you know, math, science? Did you like the humanities, music and drama? Where kind of were you starting to choose to, to spend more time? Mm, yeah, I was definitely not a math, science girl. Um, yeah, math was not my strength. Uh, but I, yeah, I, for a long time, yeah, throughout my entire life, had a strong passion for drama and music. So I did um, drama elective in year nine, which was really, really fun. Um, but I was quite lost in terms of in terms of academics, what I enjoyed. Uh, I tried a few different things. I tried journalism and I tried a history subject and I tried a lot of different things, but it really wasn't until VCE that I kind of came across the subjects that I really enjoyed um, academically. Um, In middle school, it was just kind of trying a lot of different things, but nothing was quite kind of that feeling of, oh, yes, I love this. This is really, this works for my brain and this is how I, yeah, think. And and for me, that's the perfect pathway Mm. in middle school to try lots of different things. And and every time you try something and realise, actually, that's not for me, that's helpful. Like that's a, a really good use of your time to get to the point where, I mean, I would say even by sort of VCE knowing fairly clearly where you might be heading, that's that's not everybody gets that either. So where for you was it? Where, where were you starting to head? So maybe I overstated it. I didn't know where I was heading post-school. Um, I also had a very strong understanding of things that I didn't like, uh, but mm-hmm. trying out uh, health sciences, so I think... In, it was in year 10 that I did my first kind of PE, physical education related subject. And I loved that. Just learning about how the body works was so fascinating to me. And I think because it was so relevant to just like existing life, everyone has a body. And so learning about that and all the different things that occur within the body was just really exciting for me. And so that kind of then triggered me to go into both PE and health in VCA. And I just yeah, I just got them. They felt really natural to me. And just because they had that real world relevance, I think that made so much of a difference because I think you can feel quite disconnected at times to study when it's learning about things that aren't necessarily going to be used in your future unless you go, of course, to major in them or work in them. And so um, for me in particular, I know that having something when I can apply it, that makes the biggest difference in my engagement and enjoyment of it. And I think those subjects really provided that. And as you say, that that worked for you, and I think that's a great self-awareness to know those things are going to be relevant and useful for you and and pursue them. Did that is that did that set up a bit of a pathway for beyond Yarra? You know, once you finished at Yarra, you you would have got a score. Doesn't matter what the score was, but did that open a door for you? Um, look, in hindsight, I think I should have done a health sciences degree given how much I loved them, but. Yeah, I ended up going into arts, which was quite a journey because, yeah, I'd struggled uh, enjoying art subject, but it was kind of very, I was very clueless about what I wanted to do. And it felt like the best option to kind of, again, that middle school experience, but just on another level of trying a whole bunch of different things. And Mm. through that, I um, have found that I'm really interested in psychology. And so I'm going to, I'm just, yeah, on my pathway to becoming a psychologist now, which, you know, has that element of applied um, learning and 
you know, to do with the body as well, of course, but um, in an area that, yeah, I'm really passionate about around mental health and well-being. And so I think knowing that I like the applied has really helped in figuring out what works for me, but it wasn't necessarily the career I wanted to go in, but I've been able to use that knowledge about myself and even just, yeah, that kind of history of understanding the body and brain to then apply it in a way that is really exciting for me and the way I want to go in my career. Mm. And I, I, I think that's wonderful that as you discover more about yourself and your circumstances, I guess, bring you to certain understandings and, and certain issues that you have to confront, then that can spark an interest in certain areas. And, and so I think that's terrific that you've followed your curiosity into those areas, which is great. Let's go back briefly into your time at Yarra and some challenges that you might have faced. And, and maybe it's interesting that you were studying um, or were drawn to some of the, the, the understandings of the, the physical self and, and how that works and how it works when it's going well. Um, you did experience some challenges in there. Would you be willing to share a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that's honestly a really valid point as to why I was drawn to learning about the body because uh, I became so much more, I guess, aware and uh, had to, and caring about health. And so anything that related to that, I wanted to understand more given my experiences. So uh, yes, in year eight or kind of the end of year seven, start of year eight, I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome, which basically it can mean a lot of different things for everyone. There's no real clear cut, um, you know, a set of symptoms or anything. But for me, I had gotten sick because I'd burnt myself to the ground in year seven doing literally everything possible because I was very much wanting to do all of the opportunities and be the best at everything because I was very competitive. And so I did every single music group, group, um, drama production, sport, um, everything. I was in about 14 groups, I think, extracurricular activities. So I was a little busy. And so then I got sick towards the end of that year and just never recovered and was just really, really, really tired all the time and had really low energy, sleep wasn't really refreshing me and it just kind of, yeah, never got better. And so then at the start of year eight, that's when we kind of started going to see some doctors being like, what's going on here? And yeah, eventually got the diagnosis of chronic fatigue, which kind of flipped my life up on its head because I had this identity based around doing and achieving um, what I thought was achieving, but yeah, doing everything and being very engage in so many different activities to then suddenly having to rest and I couldn't do most of these activities and I had to even drop a few subjects and that was yeah hugely challenging and kind of really threw my whole development in a very different direction to what I thought it was going in yeah Mm. would knowing what you do about not only your own body but the studies you did into the human body it seems to me that you know, on a scale of one to many, I would be on the end closer to one or two Mm. of having conversation with and understanding people who have experienced chronic fatigue and who who have been diagnosed with chronic fatigue. But already some of your character traits and your journey to, and I might be saying this the wrong way, but your journey towards that illness is similar to other stories I've heard. Yes. That is 
they love doing so many different things and they commit to this and do that and do more of that and more of that. And there's, there, and they, you said you burn yourself out mm-hmm. and then you develop chronic fatigue and, and, or you develop an illness and never get better. Yes. Or it takes a while to get better, a long while to get better. Yeah. Is, is there a, and I, I mean, I'm not. <laughs> this is not groundbreaking research, but is there a is there a character trait in people who who are um, is it susceptible or or have the potential to to develop chronic fatigue? Absolutely. Um, I mean, whilst there's no definitive, you know, cause or anything, there's a lot of research showing that it's overachievers, perfectionists, people that do a lot and do too too much for their body's capacity. And it's kind of your body is in a state of fight and flight and is constantly so stressed that when it develops an illness, for me, I think uh, it was glandular fever. Um, I didn't know that I had it at the time, but it just can't cope, it can't recover. And it's because it's in that fight mode, which is not where you rest and digest and your body heals itself um, because it's stuck in that in that fight mode. And so it really does seem to be people that are very much overachievers that go on to develop chronic fatigue. And I think it's the body's <laughs> way of just stopping you from it because you're not stopping yourself. It's just like, I can't do this. And it forces you to stop and then you stay stuck for a long time. And it, there's lots of different things that can go and it can, it's definitely like your brain, um, from what I read, it's even like it rewires your brain, um, having it because it's in that state of stress and so it starts perceiving different things as threats and sending you into a fight response so your body can't recover how a healthy body would. Mm. You, you may or may not be an expert in this, although you've experienced <laughs> it um, and you've done some studies around it. But my understanding would be that we all have, a, a, again, I'm, I'm certainly not coming from a medical perspective, but just in layman's terms, mm. we've all got a different capacity. Yes. Like for for the amount of sleep somebody needs, for the amount of rest that somebody needs, for the number of balls that somebody yes. can be juggling and keeping afloat. That's different b- between me, mm-hmm. between you, between the next person and my neighbour and so on. Um, does, does that have an impact on who will or will not? Like if I did as many things as you would I be susceptible or might I have a different threshold of ability to cope? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely not an expert either, but, yeah, there are those innate differences in people. You have people that can sleep four hours every night and be fine and then you can have people Mm. that need at least eight, otherwise they just can't function and that doesn't seem to be something that they've trained in themselves. That's just how they are um, genetically and so I think it would absolutely be the same. Some people just naturally have a vulnerability and maybe their body capacity you know is just different to other people that I'm sure there's other factors as well with um you know with the brain makeup and with you know even childhood history all those kinds of things everything yes. interplays to you know impact you know how we are today but I think that's why it's um whilst it tends to be over to overachievers and perfectionists it would not just because you are an overachiever or perfectionist doesn't mean that you're going to develop chronic fatigue because there's probably those differences in what people um, are capable of doing whilst maintaining good level of health. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's part of the the intrigue and the mm. mystery and the beauty of humans mm. is that we're all different and and we choose, have different choices, different 
makeups, different experiences, different stories. That's part of the fascination of, of you know, working with people. Um, and, and you are pursuing a career in psychology or are you studying at the moment? Like, are you well at the moment and where, in fact, let's go with, and you won't like this question okay. or this prompt, but let's go for it sure. anyway. A 30-second brag. What's working well for you right now? What's what, what gets you up and about? What are you excited for? What's something in your life that's going really well? Okay. Um, so I'm about to finish my degree, um, my undergrad degree, majoring in psychology, and I've applied for fourth-year programs. And it's been a very long journey uh, with my degree with deferring and stuff, you know, for health-related reasons. But So I'm very excited to finally be done. It feels very surreal. Um, yes. So that's really exciting. And to have this clarity, it's been quite recent that I've decided I want to become a psychologist. So that's really, really nice to have a tangible goal. Mm. Um, so that's really awesome. I'm working with Starlight Foundation at the moment, which has been really okay. lovely. They're a really wonderful team and community. So that's been really good. And also just, I don't know, my, my home life, like I've very happily married with a dog and it's just really nice just being you know, with my little family um, living my life just as it is. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, that's terrific. That's wonderful. Um, tell me a little bit about the Starlight Foundation mm. because once upon a time I, I've i never shared this before and, and I feel like we're, it's just you and me having a conversation. <laughs> but once upon a time yep. I, with, with my wife's support, I looked into becoming um, or considering becoming Captain Starlight. Oh, wow. There you go. I, I never You'd pursued that very far. but. Captain Starlight's a thing, isn't it? Yes, yes, it is. Yes, they go into. So, hospitals. what's your work with uh, with uh, the Starlight Foundation? So, I'm working in an online capacity at the moment with them. They have lots of different programs. One of which is the Captain Starlight, which goes into hospitals, which is yes, yeah, so awesome. But I've been working in their Livewire program, which is more for young people between 12 to 21, so slightly older, and it's. They run in hospital and online where it's just kind of support and positive distraction for, you know, young people with chronic physical or mental illness. And um, that is in hospital. And then when they leave hospital, sometimes it can be quite jarring going from having all this support to then being at home. And so Mm. we have this online program that offers that same level of support, but they can connect online. So I um, moderate a chat and work with um, yeah, a really awesome team with coming up with different events to run throughout the year. And there's kind of this whole website that they can interact with in different ways to kind of still have that sense of community and support um, for people that kind of get what's going on for them because it's just designed for young people to connect with each other that are going through tough experiences. And I imagine that your personal experience of, of health challenge and also your interest in understanding you know the human brain and how we think and how we and how the the human body responds to that and you're still a young person <laughs> makes you the perfect um combination of experience and expertise and you know i guess passion for people and all of those things make you a, a delight in a role like that that's perfect for you i definitely wouldn't say expert and <laughs> this is when my internal um mechanisms come in to deny the nice things that you're saying but uh I think it helps me have a greater understanding of what it can be like and offer more empathy and, you know, when dealing with tough situations, I'm, I can kind of very much be in their shoes to then know how to manage the situation and, and support them and I think that really helps. Um, but obviously everyone's different so I can't 
be in there. But I think, yeah, all my experiences do definitely help in hopefully doing a good job in the role. Sure. I'm going to make a suggestion. This is based on my personal <laughs> experience but uh, and, and your, and I would say, expertise. But music, for me, music, I'm so, I can't play music, but I can appreciate music. And, and often music moves me. Emotionally, it can move me. Mm-hmm. You you're have an experience of playing music. Do you, do you still play? And do you see value in music as a, as a, whether it's a calming mechanism, whether it's a helping people to change their mindset, whether in terms of, or their mood? Well, tell me a little bit about music and your experience of it even today. So today I would probably be less of an expert than I used to be. I haven't actually been uh, playing music for a while. I really wanted to join an orchestra, but I have a bit of an upper back injury, so I can't um, for the time being. Um, But speaking more broadly, absolutely, yeah, there's also a lot of research around music's ability, I think, to kind of connect with us on that deeper level that you can't necessarily verbalise, but it can impact our emotional state and it can um yeah playing it can be really good but also listening to it I know there's a lot of um yeah a lot of promise with that I think it really depends on the person as well though and what they like what type of music they like or some people just won't like music and it won't do anything for them so it it is still going to be individual but I think in general it can be really powerful in yeah providing a different kind of emotional support or a different way of using your brain that can really help create new pathways and uh yeah kind of provide some really good skills and um I know it can strengthen your brain in in different ways as well uh, in terms of memory and just like the ability to kind of use body parts in a way that you haven't at the same time whilst you know reading music I think is really um really powerful in kind of strengthening the brain structures but yeah, I think it, it, it can be really impactful for some people. Um, yes. Yeah. I think I think you're quite right. In, in, you know, some people would say that, that something like the triathlon from a physical perspective uses so many different elements and, and so many different levels of fitness and, and different muscles and so on. Playing an instrument, as you mentioned, you can be doing two different things with your hands mm. and there are some instruments that you're also having to manage you, and your breath while you're reading music and you're tuning in with, you know, maybe the other players the other musicians and and maybe sometimes doing something different with your feet it's like the coordination required um, of musicians is quite extraordinary actually yeah and when you haven't played for a while or even just trying any instrument I tried to teach myself piano um a few years ago and it was just like oh my goodness this is so hard how do people use both hands whilst reading music at the same time like it blew my mind um yes. yeah and and it's interesting, isn't it? Even for somebody who who had played music for such a long time, I love the notion that you've put yourself back in that position of of discomfort where I'm learning something new again. And your experience would say I should be okay at this. At, at, maybe at least I can read the music part of it. But this is super challenging. I, I think that's important that we should keep trying to learn things and maybe even keep putting ourselves out of our comfort zone to to try and stretch and challenge ourselves. So Absolutely. good for you. I've got another challenge for you now, and that is what I like to call the lightning round. Okay. So I'm going to throw a whole bunch of questions at you, and they might be um, one-word answers or, or short answers. Um, some of them will be kind of top of mind and others you, you, you'll have to dig a bit deeper. Some you might even just make up. We'll see what happens. Okay. 
Izzy Burns from the class of 2016. Are you ready for the lightning round? I'm ready. Let's go. Strap yourself in. All right. <laughs> what house were you in Arnett at house. Yarra? Boom. And were you were Arnett any good in your day? Yeah, absolutely. We were number one, smashing it. What was your contribution to Arnett? Um, I kind of did a bit of everything, to be honest. The athletics, swimming, performing arts, and I did actually get to be captain in year 12, which is pretty cool. That is very cool. If you had to make a choice, would you prefer house swimming or house athletics? Mm, oof. I'd say athletics. It's a bit more broad. There's a few different more options that you can do, whereas swimming, swimming is kind of just there's four options. Yes. And in, in house aths, were you one to be coordinating your team or were you one to try and be out on the track or out in the, in the, in the field events? I'd be wanting to do the things, do all the events, yes. yeah. <laughs> Very good. Tell me a little bit about a drama or a music performance that, that springs to mind as a highlight for you, whether it's one that you were in or one that you w- were witness to, a, a drama or music performance. Uh, what comes to mind is Oliver, which was when I was in year seven, it was the first one I did. And it was just so exciting to be a part of a big production. I'd never been part of one before. And yeah, I loved it. I was a singing rose seller, I think, okay. as well as something else. I just, yeah, and it was just awesome having costumes and makeup and, yeah, doing a musical, yeah. Yeah, particularly if it's your first experience mm. to it and, and you're working with some of the, the older kids and, and the lights are on and the curtains open and there's a crowd there who are, who are loving what you're doing. It's, uh, it's quite the experience for sure. Absolutely. Did you have a nickname when you are at school? Just Izzy, pretty boring. <laughs> Very boring. <laughs> Which is sh- short for? Isabel. Isabel. Yes. So, but these days you prefer Izzy? Yeah, it's kind of now got to the point where only my family calls me Isabel. So if anyone else does, it just feels like I'm being told off or, I don't know, it just feels wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I understand. How did you travel to school? Uh, A mix. I would catch a train because I lived about half an hour away some days, train and a bus. Um, But on the days that my mum worked there, I would get a lift in early for school rehearsals and stuff. So that was helpful. That would help for sure. What was regularly in your lunchbox? Mm, it depends what point. Uh, can I just choose any point or? Any, any, any point. And you can say some of the good things or you might say some of the questionable things. Questionable <laughs> things. Um, I feel like in the early years, it's pretty boring because you don't have access to a microwave. So it's just sandwich or wrap, which no one ever really looked forward to. But uh, in high, in like 10, 11, 12, when you get the microwave, that's a game changer. And then you can have oh everything. I think I really tried to have a lot of leftovers uh, because yeah, just food value goes up a lot between a, yes. a sandwich and a leftovers. Mm, for sure. I wonder if you can pinpoint a memorable moment. It might be on the sports field mm-hmm. where, where maybe you did a, an extraordinary save. It might be where you won, won the point for your team. It might be perhaps on the stage. Maybe it's a, 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 a test that you got back and maybe a maths test, even though it wasn't your sweet spot, you worked really hard and you got a great result and, and that's a memorable moment, a positive memorable moment. See, this is challenging. This is very challenging. The word extraordinary doesn't go in my brain with me. Um, look, I remember feeling really proud of myself with my PE stacks or one in particular that um, – yeah, I did really well and I thought I'd done terribly and then I did really well and I was very pleasantly surprised. 
That's wonderful. I, that's a perfect reflection. And I love that you, you've been able to acknowledge that you felt proud of yourself. I think that's terrific. And to be fair, right now, um, as we're recording this, we're in the midst of our final uh, Unit 3-4 VCE Year 12 exams. And the VCE uh, PE exam was a day or two ago. Mm. And some of them came out feeling pretty positive. Others came out, as always is the way, yeah. some came out feeling... <laughs> It's, it was so hard. Others felt fantastic. Yep. It's it's just such a, a diverse experience. Absolutely. Even though we're all reading the same paper and, and all in, encountering it in different ways, it's a, it's an extraordinarily challenging part of the educational journey. Oh, for um, sure. Whether we agree with it as the best model or not, that doesn't matter right <laughs> now. It, it's what we've got, so yes. we do the best we can. Yeah. <laughs> um, Izzy, do you have a favourite piece of clothing in your wardrobe? Probably my trackies. Yeah, comfort oh, com- is key. Comfortable in the trackies? Absolutely. Yes, okay. <laughs> and in your online sphere mm-hmm. and, and your work at the moment, you, you I guess you work from home a fair bit. Yes, it's wonderful uh, not having to travel and not having to wake up really early to do so. It's, yeah, pretty great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what was the first job that you did where you were earning money? Oh... I think that was when I became a swimming teacher. Mm. Yeah. That was like the first proper one. I think I worked at a cafe for a few weeks, but then the cafe went bust, so I don't really count that. Okay. Yeah, yeah fair, swimming enough. Teacher. fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, Izzy, thanks for the invitation. I'm coming over for dinner next week. Thank oh, you. Oh, awesome. Um, and you're cooking. What are you going to cook? Do you have a go-to? Do you have a specialty? Uh, no, I like variety. I'd probably cook... Uh, maybe like a pasta dish or maybe a curry, a stir fry. Yeah, I don't know. I would, I would ask you what you'd wanted and then go from there what kind of cuisines you like. That would be very like kind of you. <laughs> a delightful host. Thank you. Um, take me out of the situation. You can invite three people from any era, <sighs> dead or alive, any background career. Who's coming to this, uh, let's call it curry dinner that you're putting on? Um... Gosh, I'm not very good at following famous people or, or where are famous people. Uh, I focus more on the connections I have in my life. But um, Well, you can choose three people that we don't know. That's true. I think someone I'd love to meet would be Jamila Jamil, who is uh, an awesome advocate for uh, around, like body image and questioning society and, yeah, does a lot of awesome work and is just really funny. So I would love to have her i think she'd be a great jest jest guest um <laughs> we call to meet bernie sanders he has uh i think yeah he's done some awesome work and seems like such a a nice guy and yeah cares about a lot of things that i do um but apart from that i'd probably just want my partner <laughs> fantastic that's a good answer and uh and if your partner listens to this then uh, that'll, <laughs> that'll get you some points as well that's good can you recall uh TV show would you race home to watch after school? Oh, um, very much depends on the age. Um, I loved the TV show Castle in Mm -hmm. the middle. I remember, yeah, being obsessed with that. Um, And then later on, maybe I think I liked, I love The Simpsons as well. Just a classic. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep, and bit of a giggle. Yeah, exactly. And Brooklyn Nine-Nine as yep. well, similar for that. Just something easy and light that just makes you feel good. Yes. No, that's fair enough. Um, are you a reader? Are you reading a book at the moment? 
I'm not. I really want to get back into reading when I have time and I will have time shortly. Uh, so no, I'm, I'm not currently reading. That's okay. What about a movie? Do you have a favourite movie or a recommendation, maybe a movie that moved you or challenged you or that you might suggest? Hmm. Yes, but I can't remember it. I can recommend a <laughs> okay. book that, that, challenge, that I really liked, All right. that I, that I have read. That. <laughs> um, I love the book, The Last Lecture. It's by Randy Pausch mm. and it's incredible and has a lot of great wisdom and life lessons in there. It's, um, he was a, a, pre- a lecturer at an American university and he got diagnosed with cancer and he decided to write this book for his kids um, for everything he wanted to kind of teach them. And he ends up then giving this uh, kind of brief lecture. That's kind of the whole book. It's his journey to giving this lecture and it's really beautiful and moving and also, yeah, just very inspiring and yeah, highly recommend. I love that. That is a great recommendation. I've, I've written that down. I'm going to look that up myself. So speaking about, um, inspiration mm. and, and maybe advice over the years you've you've had encounters and in, in interaction with lots of people and whether that's through books or through your teachers maybe it's through um even even doctors and, and the health profession what is a piece of advice that you have been given that has helped you and maybe that you would pass on i think the most recent advice i got was from my incredible old CEO at my old job and it's very simple but very much what I need to enact and that's just back yourself Um, because my biggest personal struggle is yeah not backing myself and having confidence in myself and yeah just need to back yourself and I think it just really reflects that the difference between you and the next person you know you're not the quality your ideas or your worth is it's you are kind of in control of validating yourself and putting yourself out there and no one else is going to do it for you. You've got to do it. Otherwise, if you want your ideas to be heard. Mm. That's beautiful advice. I, I love that. I, uh, it seems to me that there's no reason why you ought not take that advice more and more. You're doing a terrific job. I'm really enjoying this. I appreciate your time and your story and your perspective and I think you're doing a marvellous job. Thank you. Keep keep it going. Um, you being so young and working in an online sphere, you are probably up with technology. Um, I imagine you've got one of those smartphones and there'd be some apps on your phone. What are two of the apps that are the most used apps on your phone? Um. Probably Messenger, which is not very exciting, um, but it's the honest truth that I message people. Um, any good apps? I don't, to be honest, I'm trying to spend less time on my phone. Um, mm. And so I'm not really using it for much other than messaging people uh, because I'm trying to just be more in the present moment and in the real world. So. Um, I don't really have a good answer for that. I used to love the app Insight Timer, which was a meditation app, and then um, Mm -hmm. I haven't been doing that lately because I've been too busy, which is obviously when I need to do it more. (laughs) (laughs) I I do love and fully support the notion of um, 
living in the now and in the moment and being real and putting technology aside and all of those things, I, I 100% would support that too. You mentioned briefly before that you were a school captain, a uh, big a house captain. Um, tell me a little bit about what student leadership or what good student leadership looks like. I think just being grounded, um, this is me talking about what I think other good leaders do, not necessarily what I think I did, um, but I think just being grounded so you're approachable, um, it's not about, you know, power um, and authority, it's just about kind of demonstrating, you know, how to be a good person and a good, you know, contributor in whatever it is, and so I think just being real and authentic and leading by example in your actions and um, not kind of letting your ego be a part of it. It's just about, you know, being the best version of yourself. I think just naturally people really gravitate towards that. And if you're approachable, then people are able to come to you and, and learn from you and then become their own leaders. I think it's just about encouraging other people to be the best versions of themselves and lead in whatever way that looks for them. It doesn't have to be a captaincy or position, but just being, yeah, their best selves. And I've got a sneaky suspicion you you lived that out as well. Um, (laughs) Tell me, do you recall who the school captains were back in 2016? Yes, of course. It was Linda and Sam. It was indeed, yeah. and uh, a fine job they did as well. Mm, absolutely. The phrase lavavi oculus, do you recall what that means? Yes, lift up your eyes. Lift up I your eyes. Something like that. It's our school motto. Yes. Yeah, lift up your eyes. We'll go with that. Um, that's what it means, the Latin translation mm. into English. But what does it mean? I think my interpretation of it is it's just about opportunities and I think it's just kind of saying like look around you at you know all the different things that you can do and be and um, be open to that and trying new things and exploring both yourself and also yeah different uh, activities it's just about I think yeah being open to new experiences and learning Mm. yeah that's terrific I would agree with all of that I think the notion of being alert and being aware and, and looking beyond ourselves is is so critically important. Um, this is called the Inspired by Yarra podcast, and I wonder if you can reflect on your journey at Yarra. Mm-hmm. What or who inspired you while you're at Yarra? I think, um, I mean, there's a lot of different people um, that have been wonderful, but what kind of stands out to me is the teachers to be honest I had so much support and I feel got to build relationships with them in a different way um, to others because of you know my my health and having to have different arrangements and just having them be people not teachers just that I'm just one of students that's like they were just people that cared about me and mm. were trying to do whatever ever they could to help me do my best and they did and I just felt um you can feel really isolating when you're going through something and especially as a teenager you're already going through enough but you know for me I, I didn't really share much of what was going on to anyone around me and so I would feel really alone and so then having teachers that you genuinely knew that they cared about you um, 
and saw you was just amazing. I think that's something that I've really carried with me and know the power of just feeling seen and feeling, um, yeah, that you matter. And so I think I really try and do that to every, not do that to everyone in my life, but to, to show that to everyone in my life that they're genuinely cared for and had that support because I know how much of an impact it made on me to not feel so alone and um, be able to come to school on those really hard days. Mm. And it's true, isn't it, that that I think not everybody but lots of people, maybe staff as well as students, lots of people do have rough days and, and tough days at school and sometimes it can be hard to come to school. Um, so if you are noticed, if you are appreciated and valued by by somebody that makes an enormous difference, and um, I really appreciate your authenticity and and generosity in sharing your stories and your experiences with us today. I, I've I've enjoyed. You've triggered some memories for me as well, which I, I have appreciated very very much. I've got one last question for you, and and it's a sort of a, a two part question, um, and it's easy. What question or topic did you wish I had asked you what did what did you want to be talking about what did you hope I had asked you what did you think I would ask you and then I want you to answer that question I guess I maybe something along the lines of you know how did your experiences at Yara shape who you are today hmm Izzy, yep. <laughs> you had an interesting journey ask. at Yarra. <laughs> how, how do you think your experiences of Yarra, of school life, how have they shaped you into who you've become today? How long have you got? <laughs> um, okay. So I think that my experience at Yarra is so intertwined with my own personal journey with my physical and mental health and when I came to Yara, it was like I was really, really set on a certain person that I was and wanted to be, and that was a person that achieved everything, and Yara felt like, you know, the perfect place for that. It was a smorgasbord of opportunities, and I was thriving in Year 7 with all the different things that I could do and all the different ways I could achieve and, and be validated and succeed. Um, which is what mattered most to me at that point in my life. And then having, you know, that flipped on its head and getting physically unwell and then later on, you know, probably subsequently of the physical illness, getting um, mentally unwell and, and really, really struggling with my identity and, and who I was and where I belonged. It really made me have to do a lot of deep inner work and reflecting on what mattered to me and what kind of person I wanted to be in the world. And I think it really led to me emerging as a much different person than I began in a way that I didn't expect. Um, and I think it's been an interesting process post high school reflecting on it as well, because there's been a lot of sadness and regret at not being able to do all those opportunities that I thought I would do um, and the things that I would do at Yarra. And that on the surface is what you think is what Yarra is about is all those opportunities. And they're a huge part and amazing. 
But I think really what, you know, development in school is, is your own inner development of the person that you are in the world. And I think that having those experiences and realising what it can be like to, you know, feel alone or to, you know, when people reach out to you and someone smiles at you, how much that can make a difference and, um, and realising the connection and how important that is and how important vulnerability is has really shaped me into a person that is much more caring and passionate about doing good in the world. And I remember, you know, I got a passion for community links and community service because I realised that success isn't tangible achievement. Um, it's more so that internal feeling of contentment and meaning and that can look so many different ways and I think a huge part of it is just our internal uh, relationship with ourself and our values. And so I think going through all that in Yara and having the support that I did and um, being in a place I felt safe, I was able to explore all those different parts of myself to become the person that I am today. Wow, that <laughs> Sorry, is that was beautiful. a long answer. <laughs> no, that is tremendous. And I will, and other people listening to this will just need to rewind about two and a half minutes and listen to that again. That was stunning, that, that awareness of self and that um, understanding of, of who you are because of your experience and, and your preparedness, your willingness to do the work, the inner work that you, you speak of and how hard that can be at times is is significant and and actually though you you do and and you're a an example of how you come out of those hard experiences um richer and stronger and deeper and 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 more real and more authentic and more wonderful to embrace whatever challenge comes next and and i i love that 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 you've recognised the separation between what externally looks like success to actually what what matters, and and I uh, it, it it excites me to hear this part of your journey. Um, I I would say um, I mean I knew you a, a, a bit of of parts of your journey and and was privileged to be involved in some of that journey, but. But to hear you speak about, on reflection, your maturity, your level-headedness, your articul- ability to articulate the, the, the difficulty and then the joy of that experience, is, it just fills me with, with such joy and, and it's been a delight. So thank you so much for, for sharing. Thanks for being part of this conversation and and. I'm I'm thrilled that we've recorded it, so I can go back and listen and uh, and enjoy it all over again. Um, Izzy, thank you for the contribution that you've made, um, not only at school for being who you were and how you negotiated the challenges of school life and and the impact that you made in 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 classes and and in community and on the sports field and on the um, on the stage and and all of those kind of 
moments where we can look at, but but also now by giving and sharing parts of your story and, and allowing us to understand some of the depth that you've been able to reflect on so beautifully. Thank you so much for being part of this um, little project that we have here, the Inspired by Era podcast. I truly think that there are traces of you being inspired by Yara, but you are an inspiration to Yara. And for that, I thank you. I thank you for having me. And you've been a joy given you are Paul Joy. Um. <laughs> thank you very much. Thanks for your time and your storytelling. I loved it. It's been awesome to catch up. Thank you so much for having me. And there you have it. What a delight. I really enjoyed chatting with Izzy and hearing her reflections and her, I guess, her her ability to look back and establish where she's come from and recognise her own growth and the challenges and the circumstances that she experienced and how they have actually helped her to be stronger, to be braver, to be ready to embrace the next challenge. And, and I really appreciate her perspective on what success might be, I guess on what often are the markers or indicators of success and how she's actually established her own indicators and maybe, dare I say, has probably landed on something that's much more wholesome and fulfilling and leads to contentment more than what perhaps the world might see as success. She certainly had her challenges and has overcome them and just a delightful young person. Hope you enjoyed this conversation as well. You can catch up on all of our episodes. They're uh, stored either by subscribing to this podcast on whatever your favourite app is, your podcast player, or you can find more information on the community section at the Yarra Valley Grammar website, which is ydg.vic.edu.au forward slash community and if you scroll down there you'll find the inspired by yarra podcast i hope you'll join us again next episode where i get to sit down again with another yog a yarra old grammarian and see how they too have been inspired by yarra my name's paul joy and on behalf of everyone here at yarra i want to wish you another day of inspiration where you get on out there with intentionality to make a positive impact in the world around you Oh,